Hello, darlings. Before we get started on the book club, I just want to apologise for this episode being slightly later than it should be. Things have been a bit hectic here at Dead Darlings Towers. Really sorry for that. The next main episode of the show is also running a little bit late, but it's a fantastic interview with the lovely Matthias Monkey Ediger. So stay tuned for that. That should be up in a couple of days. Thanks for bearing with us. Sorry about the delay. Enjoy the rest of the show. Darlings Book Club. I'm Hannah Hutzpah. I'm Rebecca Cooney. And I'm Laurie Hughes. This month's book is Surge by Jay Bernard, chosen by Laurie. Laurie, why did you choose this book? Why did I choose this book? I chose this book because I borrowed it a couple of years ago from Hannah Gordon and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really interesting, cool book that I wanted to read again and the other day I was walking past the bookshop and thought why the hell haven't I got that so it's a collection um, that came out in 2019 and it's a collection based around the New Cross Massacre which is a fire that occurred in New Cross in the 80s which was believed to be a racist attack which was met by a lot of indifference and a lot of systemic kind of turning a blind eye at the time and it led to a lot of historic events that carried on from there and um, when Jay Bernard wrote the book they had access to a lot of archival material that they brought into it it's it's the kind of book where uh, I don't think Jay Bernard was around at the time that this happened so it's very much they've done their research and this is a researched piece of work almost like a documentary poetry if you like which I think is really interesting. Well, I think from the from what they were saying in the in the intro, they kind of had started this research, mm. and then the Grenfell fire happened. Yes, and it just there were so many echoes and so many parallels that it kind of exactly. became this, this line that was drawn between the two. Exactly. So the the book kind of threads from the New Cross fire through to Grenfell and through to the Windrush deportations around the same time in the mid twenty tens, and. I really thought it was a powerful piece of work when I first read it and I wanted to reread it again to kind of remind myself what worked well about it and I think I kind of always had one eye on wouldn't it be interesting to do a project like that where you're very much is very research heavy and I thought it would be an interesting one for us to talk about from that process point of view but also just what the book how the book works and what it achieves yeah. And how did you find having reread it then for this? I thought it was it's funny because a lot of the book has kind of there are literally like songs in the book there are poems mm. which are set out as songs and those as soon as I started reading them again the tune was the tune just entered my head you can hear the kind of reggae kind of dancehall beat in it it is written in the kind of the, the patois that you're imagining and, and the, the rhythm of a reggae song. It is. I'm talking. Uh, yeah. to, there's a poem called Songbook. There's actually two, but the first one called Songbook is very much like as soon as you start reading it, you, you kind of pick up the beat and it was lovely to kind of hear that in my head again for the first time in years. I really enjoyed that part of it. But what I love is that the book can do that and does pull that kind of trick. Trick would be a kind of a word that's not accurate here because... 
that implies deceit mm. it's more you know it, it's using that technique but then it also will then pull one like there's two poems together one's called plus and one's called minus that is, I kind of didn't remember what they were until I was rereading it and as soon as I got into them I was just uh, taken back and very stunned by those two poems they're set out pluses from the point of view of a father who's whose son has died in the in in the fire or a fire and then in the minus poem it's it's the same from the perspective of the person who the, of, from the boy who's passed away mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff from the perspective of of people who are no longer here which mm-hmm. is a really interesting uh, technique the book employs a lot and yeah, adds a it- lot to it it's the kind of multiplicity of voices that's going on in this mm. collection. Like it's, it, it feels like a really good example of like not being too cocky about who the I in the poem is. No, right? Like, like throughout the like you, you are not on solid ground. It could be mm. somebody that's dead. It mm-hmm. could be you know, somebody historical from 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 the New Crossfire. It could be kind of an invented character. It could be a real character. It could be the poet. Yeah, and 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 just all of these voices and the different registers they have are all going on. And it, yeah, it feels like an almost crowded book. There are a few poems where I got to the end and went, wait a minute. Oh, and then had to reread it with the kind of new knowledge of who the who the person was. Maybe not the end, but like, yeah, a fair way through the poem, and then you go, wait, shoot, mm. oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I was going to say it's a book that employs questions really well. I think well, in the middle of a poem, kind of ask a question within the poem that kind of makes you reflect and and as you're saying Hannah kind of reread what you've already read kind of pulls the rug out from under you a lot in a good way in a way Mm. of making you interrogate the poems I think yeah the the final poem as well kind of is used as questions and it kind of it feels like a form that's been invented I Mm. don't know I just it's so clever so it's called flowers and the first answer is will anybody speak of this the way the flowers do the way the common speaks of the fearless leaves dying and it's a bit actually it's like where have all the flowers gone yeah right it's the same it's the same technique of like that then goes on to talk about the common and the fearless leaves dying and the coming cold and then the dying leaves the coming cold the quiet yeah and it gets round to kind of the fire and then the flowers that have been left after the fire and so the final line is will anybody speak of the fire we beheld the garlands at the gate the way the flowers do and it's yeah it's so just clever and it's kind of shaped on the page like kind of half a mm. wreath like it's sort of a semicircle down the page yeah and it is just absolutely beautiful and kind of chilling and like probably one of the best like final poems i think i've seen in a collection like i just love like it's kind of this is we're throwing this out to you this is the question yeah it's 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 hitting isn't it and there's another one um like there's so many good poems in this collection but kitchen is, is one that i remember i think yeah. i think i've done a workshop around kitchen before and that's just a brilliant poem again from the perspective it's kind of how it's hard to describe it but it's almost like from the perspective of someone who's who's died but but being the light in the kitchen mm. in the house that they used to live in where their family still live and you know it's one thing to use that image and then it's another thing to inhabit that image by making that connection the narrator of the poem and it's it's quite hard it's kind of it it sounds weird when i'm describing it like that but it feels so simple and right when you're reading the poem Mm. that it doesn't feel as it it pulls you in rather than pushes you away 
Mm. And there's a lot of layers in the piece also about, like, Jay as the archivist and, and seeing this, oh gosh, it's quite early on. It's just the arc poem. Yes, about just the, the physical condition of the archive, the rusted paper clip that is leaving a that it's leaving rust on the paper, date it by the flaking set and like all the... <laughs> what am I trying to say? There's that one and then there's one much later on called Apple about the fact that there is a photograph of a sliced apple at this birthday party in the way that kind of the, the apple's going brown having been sliced up into pieces it, it then lists the names of the people who died and also clearly a photo of this apple exists in i don't know if it's the archive or if it's in the police notes the way it's phrased mm. just to clarify i don't think that's the list of the people who died in the new crossfire ah. i think that i think this is a different photograph from i think it's i think it's a, I think it's a birthday party is it? Was it so the, the new the new crossfire was a birthday party? Yeah, but I think this isn't that. I think it's oh. John John LaRose's birthday party. It says in the in the notes just ah. at the back of the book. So I don't think it is. In which um, case, ignore my point because it was kind of about it, surveillance. Yeah, but it's it's still about so it, like yeah. I think it's a still a valid point, Hannah. I just I think it's and just the, for the, the clarity in the, in the yeah. Recording. But there's there's a weird like if you are in a a death in custody justice campaign or there's there's a lot of different activist groups who are spied on to the extent that things like the photo a photo of the food at your birthday might wind up numbered in a police file mm. somewhere like mm. I've or if not a police file, a file, right? Like, yeah. so somehow it's being documented. Well, yeah. I mean, like, the Stephen Lawrence family yeah. had police spies infiltrating that justice campaign. Yeah, for sure. If you, are, mm. if you are a black person who has come to harm in a way that the police were to do with it, or the police are trying to cover up how little they did, they might then be spying on you. Mm. There is this creepy, intrusive... It's really weird and gross trying to work out what might be evidence. Like, I, I recognised a couple of the names in this as people who, who do activism in relation to... People who found out after the fact that someone was a police spy, for example. And there is mm -hmm. something very... <sighs> There's something about the everyday becoming evidence. I have personally held back yeah. at demos mm. on the basis that earlier that day I'd been shopping and I could just, having been arrested once for being at a demo, wrong place, wrong time, I then have held back at subsequent demos because I was like, oh shoot, but I was shopping earlier today, I've bought pants, do I want the custody desk going through my shit today when I know I've got some pants in my bag? <laughs> like, it is, it is mm. this weird alienating... Yeah. Blah. That's what I took from it. I'm now wondering how much I'm projecting, but yeah. Well, there, but there is this this thing of sort of the everyday as evidence, whether that's police files or archive information, yeah. and the kind of the you know that that first poem arc is very much about this, like how do you file and organize? Mm. You know, I wonder which words to file the damp smoke and the young bones under. Like this is a horrific thing that has happened, 
and trying to order it into an archive makes no fucking sense but it's also important and should be done you know where to put the burning house the child made ash the brick in the back of the neck the shit in the letterbox and the piss up the side of it i file it under fire corpse body house it's brilliant it's it's a fantastic piece of poetry and throughout the um, book there's facsimiles of stuff from the archive like photographs of the demos and and copies of flyers from protests and it's very excerpts from like news uh, interviews and things like that as well mm. contemporary yeah. and and modern right because there's yeah. this brilliant excerpt from news night oh. from oh, 2017 Jesus that is left on its own no. page and <gasps> it's it's just hits you so hard that and it's not poetry it doesn't need to be like i like the fact that jay took the decision to not pretty that up into a poem and put the transcript directly and i'm not going to say it because i don't want to spoil it for readers who Mm. might want to go and read the book but it's a fantastic it's not fantastic that's the wrong word it's it's fantastically chosen piece of Mm. transcript to make the Mm. point that the book is making yeah and I think also to you know to give the person who's being interviewed there some agency, like it is mm. a, an incredible way to communicate yeah. the fucking devastation yeah. they are experiencing. And yeah. that was from 2017, so this is yeah. this is around the grandfather grandpa. stuff rather yeah. than uh, New Cross stuff, which was you know 30 years earlier. It's 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 a book which is both really focused and also very broad in its scope in terms of the time frame. Mm. I also you know speaking of journalism like you know it does talk about sort of the, the protests that happened in the wake of the new cross fire and that they went down fleet street and that the journalists leaned out of the windows to spit on mm-hmm. uh the protesters and that was i found that very interesting reading it because i'm very used to idolizing that period of british journalism you know the kind of the that was the glory days of fleet street and it, it was still on fleet street for a start and then you're like oh yeah i don't actually think i would have enjoyed that yeah. and it's not just because i can't drink at lunchtime without falling asleep it it also it also sounds like a shitty toxic environment shitty people being incredibly shitty yeah. Yeah. Like, Hillsborough. Right. yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah i thought it was quite a good reminder of just like mm, yeah and i think also that's that's another thing that this book does is i remember reading some articles about it at the time although this is the first time i've actually read the book now but that there was suddenly this media attention coming back to I think I think very often people want to put shit things in the past like oh yeah we've learned better now we're not sexist oh we've learned better now we're not racist and I think it is really important Hmm. to the, the way that this holds a mirror up between these two incidents and I think a lot of people would like to say that oh yeah well no now we don't or now and and the way that it, the way that the new crossfire was reported at the time was not in any way accurate, and I think it's really important that this yeah. book has kind of given it a second, a second surge of pub, uh, God, a, a more accurate telling, like that it, it wasn't <laughs> getting a fair hearing at the time at yeah. all, and that it's kind of mm. brought that back and makes people look at themselves the system like whether yeah i don't know like i think people have a tendency to try and push bad things back to oh well but now obviously it would be different and i think it's really important to show up Mm -hmm. that injustice this injustice it pushes it back in your face Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about that in relation to like Grenfell. I think there's a tendency when we talk about history and big watershed moments in history when you're a kid that people say, oh, there was this terrible situation and then this thing happened and everybody realised it was terrible mm-hmm. and that solved it. And then Martin Luther King made a speech and then racism stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, not, not even that. Like, like there's a version of, you know, Grenfell that could be told in 20... So I'm trying to think what, an, what a historical example is where we look at that and go... Where, where, where this narrative is true. But I think there's a version of Grenfell which could be told in 20, 30 years' time where we say Grenfell, people were living in substandard housing and then Grenfell happened and everybody realised it was really unsafe. And, and now we've sorted it. And one, we haven't sorted it. And two... They um, knew at the time... We kind of had the tools to know it was unsafe at the time yeah Yeah. and yeah and 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 people were speaking about this and it's not the case that everybody sort of woke up and went oh shit you know yeah people want to have a oh now we have more knowledge we've done the right thing now and the only reason that a bad thing happened Mm. was a lack of knowledge and that actually Mm. yeah Mm. we need to have a harder look at what's going on Mm. in the first place yeah so that's Surge by Jay Bernard. It's out on, still out on Chateau and Windus, um, and it's a ten pound book. Uh, you can get it pretty much anywhere. And would would you guys recommend this book? Yes, <laughs> yes, I think. Yeah, it's heavy. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not a light read, and it will definitely reward slow and sort of repeated readings because there is a lot going on in it yeah yeah and there were some times where i just thought no i'm going to come back to that because i'm not getting it but that's okay like yeah yeah. definitely cool and that's the book club Mm -hmm.